The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, heal your deepest hurts, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome again to Intuitive Connection with me, Victoria Shaw. Super excited today because we have another phenomenal guest to share with you, my good friend and colleague, Beth Lees. Beth has been offering transformative healing experiences for over 30 years and is the founder of Tribe TLC, a vibrant community of holistic practitioners and wellness entrepreneurs since 1997. She's passionate about supporting others and awakening their inner healer and learning to live life well. So welcome, Beth. Thanks for having me, Victoria. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. I have gotten to know Beth because I'm a member of her wellness community here in Connecticut, and it has been amazing. And I've been, how long have I been a member? Like almost the whole time I've been practicing, right? So we're going on double digits now and Beth just has such a beautiful gift of bringing beautiful souls together and creating that community. And it's been a lifesaver to me, especially when I was starting out, because when you say I'm an intuitive counselor, nowadays people get it. But 10 years ago, you know, that was a little bit out there and and Beth created a community where people instantly just knew what I meant. And it was fantastic. And I've made so many great connections through her networking group. So I'm so grateful to you. Yay. Well, we're grateful to have you. Beth, but I know you do other things as well. So tell us a little bit about the healing and helping work that you do, because I'm sure my listeners will be so curious about that. Yeah. So I do transformative healing experiences. I've been doing energy healing for 30 years and that was kind of like back in the dark ages like you know nobody knew what it was it was very woo woo and so i do a combination of different modalities i'm a reiki master i do jinshin jitsu uh, integrative energy therapy and i throw in a little meditation and i throw in a little tarot and some creative expression i love to write and i help people and support them in moving forward in their Beautiful. And you do a lot of business support too, right? So you help people get their businesses up and running. And I know she does a lot of workshops locally on that. I don't know now where everything's online. Oh, so. 
<laughs> yeah. So it might not be so local, but Beth is amazing. She has mastermind groups to help people get, you can talk more about it, but I know I've heard amazing things about the work that you do helping people get their, their businesses and their, their things up and running. Yeah. I learned really early on, like I started out being a practitioner first and then creating the community. And I realized pretty early on that the number of people that I would have the opportunity of supporting and helping through my energy healing was limited in some ways. And that if I supported other practitioners in growing their businesses and their practices, I could have a broader effect. That's, that's such a beautiful way of putting it. And it's so true, right? Cause we're a tribe. That's just the perfect exactly. word. And I feel like a lot of, you know, my calling sometimes is to activate others, you know, activate other helping cells throughout the world because another exactly. practitioners, because it really does take an army right now. Yeah. And, and everybody needs a little support. I call myself a cosmic cheerleader. I love that. That is so beautiful. One of my favorite things that Beth does is tarot. And I wasn't sure I was going to share, but I will. I have an interesting personal relationship with tarot. So when I do readings, I pretty much just talk. <laughs> That's my special gift. So I don't usually use cards or things like that except for myself. But when I was a teenager, I was introduced to tarot cards by my mother who did it quite religiously. And so I spent a lot of dark nights alone in my room with my tarot cards. I still have like notes from the readings that I did when I was 14 or 15. But back then I only wanted to know about when I was going to get a boyfriend. So <laughs> of course, um, big so, yeah, it was basically all about that. And I think, you know, I, for me, it's not something I will revisit personally or professionally in my practice, but when I've had readings from Beth, I mean, you're amazing. And it definitely doesn't have that desperate 14 year old vibe when I come in <laughs> to a reading from you. It's definitely more uplifting. Yeah, I really believe that it's important to plant positive seeds. And so I'm always, all my work, I work from that framework of planting positive seeds. Yeah, I think it's really important. And there are no bad tarot cards, right? There are no bad tarot cards. It's kind of like in life, things aren't good or bad, they just are. And it's all about your perspective and how you look at things. And how did you find yourself 30 years ago, back when this was way out there? And again, I come from a, a strange and woo-woo family, so that's sort of my story. But how did you find yourself 30 years ago doing Reiki and doing tarot? And I mean, how did this... How did this happen? How did this all happen? Yeah. Well, I've always considered myself to be very spiritual. I had a pretty traumatic childhood and I've always felt connected to something bigger than myself. Like I always saw angels and felt spirit guides around me from a very young age, probably four. And I credit that connection to saving my life on more than one occasion. And I you know, did my usual wild child kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> through my thing. But I discovered meditation when I was 15, kind of accidentally. And I found that my meditation practice has really been the most powerful tool of transformation for me throughout my life. And it carried me forward in that and sparked a curiosity about me about what is this unseen world, this what is this, all this stuff. And so I've just been an explorer of spirituality since then. That's so beautiful. And again, like 30 years ago, meditation was not, I mean, nowadays it's everywhere. 
and you walk into the doctor and they're like, yeah, you need to meditate, you know, <laughs> it's just such a different, a different thing. But 30 years ago, like, I don't think when I was 15, you know, I heard of meditation or if I did it. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. That, yeah. I that, mean, that, I think I've always found myself drawn to people that are interested in that. And I had a friend who was probably about 10 years older than me. And so she was really into like some wild woo woo stuff. So I just like tagged along. <laughs> and I think too, like the path opens up for us, you know, like spirits always working with us, always supporting us. Like you will always find the thread, even if you're trying to ignore it, but I don't, I don't get the vibe that you are. <laughs> I'm not trying to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do, but no, that's so beautiful. And talk to me too about that experience. Cause I'm just so curious practicing 30 years ago, doing these kinds of out there things what was it like how did you how did you build that community well I, I was working out of my spare bedroom doing energy healing work one of my first clients was a friend of mine who was going through breast cancer and um radiation uh and chemo treatment and she found that her sessions with me were incredibly helpful in alleviating the side effects of those treatments and she was telling everybody about me and in really short order my private practice was filled with probably about 90% um, people living with life-challenging illnesses. It was during the AIDS crisis, and so I had a lot of people living with AIDS. I had a lot of people living with cancer, MS, lupus. So, and I, I just found myself really inspired by what happens with people when they're faced with such a tremendous life-changing experience. Yeah. Um, and it just, it was really powerful and it's still powerful and just inspired me to really step into owning my intuition and my ability to hold a healing space for people. That's beautiful. And I guess too, when you, you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? When you start to see that you have that effect on people, you get out of your own way and you're like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, this isn't about me. This is about right. something much bigger. Yeah, but it helps. I, I find it does for me when I get into my own head and I'm like, I can't do that or, you know, this doesn't make sense or whatever. But then if I'm working with somebody else, it's like you forget all that and you just, you're just holding space and, you know, the you goes away. Right. Because it's, right? it's not about us as the practitioner. It's about the client and helping them remember who they are. Exactly. Exactly. And I think one of the things I love the most about doing healing work is that I get out of the way, you know, exactly. like, it's nice to have that experience. I like to tell people that I get paid to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. It's really true. And I think it's really important too, because I think oftentimes, you know, we are such an action oriented society that sometimes people feel like they have to provide a lot of product or a lot of stuff and the stuff is superfluous. Right. You know, it's, and it's almost fear-based sometimes what we feel we have to provide to justify what we do. And really anyone that's doing any kind of healing work, what you really are doing is holding space for your client to, to, you know, do it themselves. Exactly. It's so cool. And I'm doing yeah. it is harder than it sounds. It's much harder than it sounds. Yeah. Cause you have to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And hold, holding that space is just tremendous. Tell me how your practice has evolved over 30 years and as the world has evolved with you too. Cause I know even in the short time that I've been practicing, which is about a third of that time, 
I mean, everything is different in terms of who comes to me, who's open to intuition. It's crazy. Yeah, it's totally shifted and changed. And it used to be more about the modality. And now it's more about, you know, it used to be, oh, they would come to me for Reiki or they would come to me for Jin Shin Jitsu or they would come for a tarot reading. And now people are just looking for help on their evolutionary path. It's, it's more about the shift, the holy shift, as I like to say. So people are coming to you now, not just like fix what's wrong with me, make me feel better, but they're all in. Right, exactly. I love that. That is so, it's so less powerful. About how you do it and more about just doing it. Right. Got it. So they're not telling you like use this or use that. They're just surrendering and saying, what, what have you got? Let's figure this out. Right, exactly. I love that too. And I don't practice Reiki myself, but I hear that. I have not experienced your healing hands, but I hear you are one of the best. So I would love, we haven't had a Reiki practitioner yet on the show. I would love if you tell us a little bit about that, how it works. I'm okay. curious. So energy healing, I don't really know how it works. Fair enough. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so people ask me about my intuition. They're like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's just, don't it's know. just my thing. <laughs> But for me, energy healing is all about raising your vibratory rate so that you can cast off all the stuff that doesn't serve you anymore. It's kind of like an ultrasound jewelry cleaner where it, you just shake the, that stuff up and it all, all the dirt and gunk and grime that's covering over the brilliant diamond that you are falls away. And yeah, I, I just, I love it because you don't have to get undressed for it. You can do it fully clothed. You can do it, you know, a lot, mo a large percentage of my practice has been hands-on. I really believe in the healing power of touch, but since this pandemic, right. I've been doing all my sessions, obviously, virtually, online, remotely. And I've been super pleasantly surprised about the number of people that are willing to make that conversion from having done hands-on sessions to doing virtual sessions. Right. And the magic is still there. It's like amazing to witness and, and see. Well, it's all energy. I think like a lot of it's in our heads where we think that you have to be present, but it's, it's not. People will sometimes say to me, well, how can you do a reading on me if we're not in the same room? And I want to be like, well, how do you think I do a reading if we are in the same room? Like <laughs> it's energy. It's <laughs> like where you are doesn't make a difference. Sometimes it's nice to be in the same room because, you know, for me, at least you get different cues, you get different signs and you have that togetherness, which I think, you know, humans crave sometimes. Right. But in terms of the energy piece, you can do it. I could be on Mars, I think, and it would still work. Yeah, exactly. Have you tested that out? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> and I have no, I actually have no interest in space travel. Not that, not that it's an option right now, but I just, it doesn't matter where you are. And I think it's so powerful. I think the other thing is, I don't know what it's like for you, but I do, I don't do Reiki, but I do some kind of remote healing. And my favorite is every once in a while you get a feeler and I'm a feeler. So if someone does energy work on me, I feel it. I know what they're doing. I can feel where they are. But I, I hear that that's pretty rare. It is very rare. But when you get a feeler, it's the bomb because then, you know, you're doing it and they're like, oh, I feel that. And it's so validating. And I think sometimes when people don't have that experience, you know, it's a leap of faith for them to do any kind of energy work. Because Yeah. And I, you think, know, I think that's what it's about. It is about that leap of faith. It's about trusting. I remember 
not that long ago, probably five years ago, I was working in this doctor's office doing energy healing. And I was working with this client and I was picking up no cues, nothing, which was very unusual for me. And I was kind of freaking out a little bit. I was like, oh, this woman's going to be like, this was a waste of my time. And I'm like, there's nothing coming through for me. And I'm, I was just like horrified. At the end of the session, I, I asked her, so how are you feeling? And I like bared my teeth. <laughs> and she's like, that was the most profound hour of my life. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. it was a re- real reminder to me that it's not about me at all. It's really about the experience the client has, you know? Right. And you just, sometimes we have to do the leap of faith on our end. Sometimes you don't get the feedback. You don't get the clues. You just throw whatever out there, you know, your guidance or however it works for you tells you, and then you have to trust that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's always good practice, (laughs) but it's never fun. I'll get people too, where you'll be reading them and just blank face, like nothing. And you you'll have no idea if anything's sticking or anything's landing. And then sometimes afterwards, you know, people will be like, oh, yeah. And I'll be like, really? You liked that? That was helpful. <laughs> I had no idea. I never thought you'd call me again and become like my most frequent client. You just yeah, don't know. It's about letting go of the outcome too, you know? Yeah. Like, your job is not about what the outcome is. Your job is just to hold the space. Every session, before and after every session, I have a little prayer that I say. And in both the opening and closing prayers, I always say I release outcomes. I release attachment rather to the outcome. And it's so powerful. And I always try to tune in, you know, at each phase and check in with myself and make sure I really mean it. And that's one of the hardest ones to really mean. It's a, it's a hard one. Yeah. Like sometimes I have to kind of go back and go, no, I really got, I really got to do this. (laughs) And it's interesting. Years ago, I had a client and she said to me, Victoria, I don't like that you release attachments to the outcome because I want you to care about me, right? And when you say that, I think what it means is you don't care if I feel better or what happens to me. It's so interesting. And yeah, and, but it was also so instructive because, you know, I realized that's sometimes where I glitch too. this feeling of like, we think that caring about other people is trying to control their outcome and trying to control what happens at the end of the session. And as a intuitive healer or an energy healer, it's just not your job. No, and people that are the client is responsible for their own healing. That's yeah. not you can't heal anybody. And I don't I don't call myself a healer. Yes. To say that I do healing work. Yeah. It's a, um, it's I can a hold better a space way to say for it. that to help to happen. I can help you remember who you are and remember your connection to source. And that's where the magic happens. I'm not part of that equation. I just hold the space for that. Exactly. And I think it's a deeper sense of caring for other people when you can get to that place where I'm holding the space for you. I recognize you have everything within you to heal. And I'm just the conduit through which that reminding comes. And then I get out of the way and it's a deeper level of caring. But so often, you know, we are hung up on to care about someone else is to want to make everything better for them. And yeah, to fix and them. And that's my own life. I know that some of the greatest healings have come from some of the darkest places. Yeah, it's true. 
It's, it's not always rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> it is very much not. It can be. And, you know, I work with many people that become addicted to this idea. It's got to be hard. I don't think it has to be no. hard. But up until now, that's often how Earth works. <laughs> you know, we learn, we learn the hard way. It doesn't have to be, but it often is. And, and you know, it gets the work job done fast sometimes, too. Yeah. Yeah. So... For you, when you were dealing, I mean, you started off working with people with AIDS, with people with cancer. What were your strategies to kind of protect yourself and to stay in that zone where you were able to have sort of equanimity with, you know, the hardships that people were going through? I don't always feel like I have to protect myself. I see myself yeah. more like what I do is I see myself as a lighthouse. So I'm taking in the universal energy and I'm projecting it outwards so that the darkness doesn't encroach on the light, but the light shines and dispels the darkness. I love that. Yeah. That's a beautiful image. And that's probably something that listeners can practice as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about breathing in light and shining it out. Right. And then you just trust that everything else will not have no interest in being there exactly yeah and it's a nice way too because again you know when you have that lighthouse image you don't feel that need to go in and fix everything that's you quote unquote wrong with everyone else you can let that be and you can you know remind yourself again our job you know as people that do healing work is to hold the space hold the light so it's just right. beautiful and then others will do the same within themselves exactly love it <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about intuition for you and we've already kind of alluded to it but how did that develop for you and how, how does your intuition speak to you hmm well I feel like just being quiet and letting my intuition letting that inner knowing come to the surface is the key and I think meditation is the way that I tapped into my intuition so my meditation practice really is about just being still and listening. There's a phrase that I like to say is look until you can hear, listen until you can see. And look until you can hear, listen, listen until you can see. Love it. And so that's usually how I start my meditation practice every morning. And it's just about really tuning in. Beautiful. And then your guidance comes through there. The guidance comes from there. Exactly. And how do you experience, I know you do tarot, I know you do writing, and I know you do the energy work, which I guess with the energy work, because again, I don't, I don't know, we, we do different things, but is it, do you feel it through your hands? Do you get messages? I get messages. I feel it through my hands. Um, I don't, I don't, I feel with my hands. I don't necessarily feel it in my body. I've asked not to receive information that way just because sometimes that, that feels like a little too much for me. Yeah. It can become overwhelming. Yeah. And in tarot, I use my intuition in that way too. And I also like to use it to help people tap into their own intuition. So I see the tarot as a tool for transformation. And so my tarot readings are more about less about predicting the future and more about helping people. There's a Carl Jung quote, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will yes. call it fate. Yep. <laughs> um, and so I, I don't believe that anybody can predict the future in a big way. People can draw a 
trajectory from where you've been in your past and where you are now and where you're headed. But we have a lot of ability to shift that trajectory based on your actions and your decisions in the current moment. And so to me, that's the power of the tarot is that it helps you shift your perspective, see where you are, see your life in a way that you might not have been looking at it before so that you can make different decisions and change where you're headed. That's beautiful. I know in my work, the one thing that I don't do is future predictions because, and people will ask, you know, they'll, I remember years ago, a friend, his fiance was applying to vet school. And he's like, for Christmas, I want to give her a reading, Victoria, because she's so anxious about whether or not she's going to get in. And I said, well, first of all, you know, does she have good grades? Yeah. Does she have a good list of schools with a lot of, you know, yeah, or her whatever, yeah. So is there any reason why she won't get in? He's like, well, no. And I said, okay. (laughs) Second of all, before you spend your money, what if I said no? Right? What if? She did the session and the answer was, no, you're not going to get into vet school. Find something else to do. She would be devastated. It would not be helpful. And usually when people want to know the future, they don't really want to know the future, right? Right. They just want reassurance. Exactly. And like, you know, we have so much more to provide than just giving people reassurance. And reassurance, it's it's just sticking, you know, a Band-Aid over something that, you know, it needs to be, you know, I don't know. I lost the analogy, but it's not helpful. No, and I always, you know, when people come to me for a reading, you know, they want to ask a question like that. I'm like, yeah, no, the question needs to be empowering. Yes, ma'am. It needs to be an empowering question, not a fearlistic question. Right. It could be like, what do I need to know about my applications for vet school? That's a good question. Yeah. I can get guidance on that. To get better grades, to make sure, to ensure that I pass. Right. You know, exactly. Or is this a good life path? I'm even happy to help people explore that. Again, always empowering them. I never want people to think that the guides, and I'm sure you're the same way with the cards or whatever, like the truth is in you. This is the tool to help you discern it and uncover it. Yeah. But I totally see that. And when Beth does do a reading, she does make it so fun. You have an amazing sense of humor. It's, it's so empowering. It's so positive. And I mean, I found my reading super meaningful and super helpful. Just again, tapping me on the shoulder. And a lot of it was validating and stuff that I already knew about my life, which is always really nice when the reader is validating something that is familiar, but oftentimes too. And I found that in our reading, you know, it just, it pokes at, oh yeah, you know, this is the 10th time I've heard this. I need to look a little deeper at that. Yeah, I love that. I call that tarot magic when that stuff keeps coming up. The yeah. same card keeps coming up. Yeah, you might want to pay attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know about my little story with the tower uh, oh, yeah. last year. <laughs> but uh, it, it worked out. What do you do with the client that comes in and they are super resistant, right? They just, everything's a no. Everything's like, no, that that's not right. No, no, that's not right. Like, how do you handle that? I know how I handle that, but. How do I handle that? Sometimes I'm just really direct and ask them if they're really looking for guidance or if they want me to, <laughs> if they just want to hold on to their story. <laughs> that's a very good way. Yeah. That's yeah. really true too. <laughs> Why are you know. here again? <laughs> 
I remember years ago, you were doing these psychic Sundays and I was participating because I was trying to get used to the idea of reading strangers, like, and just doing readings as opposed to like the counseling and the other stuff that I was doing all together. And this lady came in and, you know, I tuned into her and first she wanted me to guess what she did for a living, which I, again, found really annoying because I don't think of myself in the, I'm not here to like convince people that psychic ability exists or any of that. I mean, I understand that people want to know you're for real and I get that and I respect that. But again, like the testy thing, I'm like, yeah, you know, go do that with someone else. But I took a guess and I was like, oh, I think it's something between like a secretary and a nurse. And it turned out she was a nanny. So I thought that was like a, I thought that was a killer guess. She, she was not impressed, you know? <laughs> and it was just like on and on like that. And I remember, you know, walking out of there, you know, thinking, you know, some people are going to really validate what you do and some people aren't, and you just got to keep doing it. And again, like, you know, don't look for reassurance from the audience so much. You have to tune in and know what's true for you. And, you know, then get out of the way and, and do whatever you feel called to do. Yeah, it's another, it's another example of letting go of the outcome. Yeah, exactly. And that was a big, so thank you for providing that. It was a big learning for me because that one was, and that lady too was, I was like, you know, I'm just getting a read that you're angry about something. And it was another one of those, nope, I'm not angry about anything. I'm the most unangry person in the world. No one would ever call me angry. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> I guess I, I guess you're not, you know, so we got to learn to deal with that. But I also find, and I know this is true of you, you know, when you put your shingle out and you're really doing your work, we tend to just attract the people I find that can most benefit nine out of 10 times from what we do. That's and, so true. And that is a beautiful thing. And there are a handful of people over the past 30 years that have been like that woman that you're talking about that I've encountered but a lot of times you know I'll encounter people that are skeptical right but you can see the whole shift and the light bulb going off over the head halfway through the session where they really are like oh a whole new world is opening up here I know and those are beautiful moments right beautiful moments sometimes I forget too now that everyone's not as woo-woo as I am so I'll do my thing and then you'll get this look on someone's face and they're just it's shock because they didn't know it was possible. And they're just, you know, and then you think, oh my God, maybe I broke them or I scared them. <laughs> but usually people come around, but sometimes I forget that not everybody gets that this stuff works. You know, sometimes people have to like break through that barrier, that little world that they've been living with in and have a, like a whole new world open up to them. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's a beautiful gift that you give them when you open that, you know, you crack that door open for them. So it's a wonderful thing. This has been so much fun. I want to ask you before we wrap up about the book. Oh, yes. So I'm in the middle of writing and editing my book, which is called Transformative Tarot, 78 Keys of Life. And it's fun. I like to make learning the tarot fun and using the tarot fun. It's to me, there are no right meanings for the cards, but I've got songs and quotes and all sorts of fun little devices to help you frame the tarot for yourself. And you were, I don't know if you're still doing it, but you were posting excerpts on Facebook, on social media, and they're fantastic. They're just, yeah. they're just amazing. And it's, yeah, they're on my TLC tarot page. Yes. So I will, in the episode notes, have all of Beth's contact 
information, but I highly recommend. She is a master on social media. She posts such good content and so religiously, like all the time, great stuff. So follow her because it's just so inspiring what you put out there and we're Thank all so grateful much. for it. Thank you so much. No, it's my pleasure. Beth, is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners or anything we didn't get to that, yeah, you'd like I to I just invite people to trust their intuition and to explore their intuition in whatever way they feel drawn to do. It's a powerful GPS for you. It sure is. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way? BethLees.com is great. And that has uh, my email and my phone number and all that stuff there. Fantastic. And we will have all of that too, again, in the episode notes. Beth, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Delightful. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you gain strength, clarity, and growth from today's episode. For more information and to submit a topic that you'd like to see addressed in a future episode, please visit my website, victoriashawintuitive.com, where you'll find the resources to help you step into your power and awaken your own inner wisdom. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.